here are my two immediate takeaways from this <laughs> yes. game. Here are my two immediate takeaways. Number one, I have died a lot. <laughs> that is the first one. And number two, if you are listening to this podcast right now, Lighthearted Gamers episode 61, and you do not think that Metroid Dread is worth $60 just because it is a 2D, 3D game, then you are fucking wrong, and you need to go re- reevaluate this game and actually give it a shot. And that is the intro, boys. Welcome to Lighthearted Gamers, episode 61. I'm Alex Light with Spark Theory. Hopefully you're having an incredible day. Whatever day you're listening or perhaps watching this podcast at our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, We got some good games to talk about today. Metroid Dread did come out, obviously. Uh, Looking like it's going to potentially have some pretty big sales numbers. Excited to hear about those sales numbers as time goes on. I've dumped uh, probably about three to four hours, maybe uh, probably about five hours into it, actually. Uh, having a good time. We also have some back for blood talk. Zach's been playing, and then uh, we got a we got a topic. We got we got to talk about Smash. Uh, we got to talk about Smash. Sora was revealed this week, but the, besides just that topic, there's a lot bigger topic beyond that that we got to address here. And uh, joining me as always, we got Zach. Man, Zach, how you feeling today? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm not ready to talk Smash, but you know what? We really need to talk about nickelodeon all All stars Stars. that's right yeah (laughs) that did that did come out as well the same day as the as the sore reveal yep i do want to buy that game i do want to buy that game it is on my radar i mean on most platforms it's ten dollars off a regular price right now so me me and you and john are gonna have to sit down and play this game have a good time We'll grab a fourth. We'll get Jimmy or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll drag someone with us. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a good time. But yeah, that is a game that I do want to pick up and play. Um, I, t- I know in terms of party games, I think the next one I'm going to get is just Mario Party. Because uh, I'm I'm really just immensely excited for that game. Which that comes out this month, right? Yeah, it comes out at the end of this month. Okay, so, that's what uh, I thought. Yep. Uh, we have, you know, we've got that coming out at the end of this month, and I'm I'm also picking up Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of this month. I've already got my pre-order in for the special edition, so I'm pretty pumped up for that. I uh, can't wait to talk about that here later this month. Um, but if you could go first, go follow us at uh, Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast. We'd appreciate that, and go check out other podcasts like Animan Plus, Terrible Football Show, and a new show that just launched. Uh, talking about movies and stuff. I did put out the first episode finally, which was focused on Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, don't have a lot of expectations for that show. That show is literally just a free like thing for us just to have a good time. Like we're we're never gonna push to really get things like reviews within like a 24 hour release window of a movie. We don't give a shit that much. We just want to talk about it. I was That's- about to say what Alex is saying. You may see an episode of that show up once a month, maybe twice if we're lucky. Yes. And then, you know, I I will say for the end of this year, we've actually got a decent slate of episodes planned. We Uh, do? At least I do. Maybe not you, (laughs) not you, but I do. Because I'll be doing like Halloween Kills uh, here in a couple weeks. I'll probably be doing Eternals with someone that comes out the beginning of November. John and I are currently planning to go see the Rocky IV Director's Cut that's coming out for one day only in November. Because I love Rocky and so does John. So we want to go see it. That's 40 minutes of extra unseen footage, Zach. That's a big deal. Sylvester Sloan just without a top fucking lifting weights. That's what I want to see. 40 minutes of it. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, we have Terry Crews for that nowadays. I mean, fair, but Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Four, man. 
Uh, and then of course Spider-Man. You know, we'll we'll all go see that. Like, I mean, I think there's gonna be like a viewing party almost for Spider-Man, where it's gonna be multiple of us going to see it. So that's gonna be a good one as well. Uh, lastly, if you want to support us for the Patreon, it's a great way to do so. Uh, don't feel obligated to be a friend, tell a friend. Shout out to Andy, our tier one patron. Appreciate the hell out of you for that. Uh, I guess we can just kind of go ahead and get started and jump into it. Um, anything that uh, anything that we want to talk about uh, first? Open mic, you know. What, I mean, you actually saying the whole talking about movies and stuff. Are we gonna do uh, the My Hero movie on that, or are we gonna stick that on Animan? That's a question. Uh, I'd probably just say Animan. Okay. I think that's yeah, because we are yeah we are going to see that pretty quickly upon release. I'd say that just I I feel like, yeah probably just Animan. Animan's where it needs to be. We're crossing the streams. <laughs> I mean, we could do both. I could post it on both. You know, we'll test the waters. You know, I mean, it's a brand new show. It doesn't hurt. You know, good. Oh, man. Yeah, just change a different logo on there. You know what I mean? Just throw it in like a 3D cell shader. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, I, I, You know, the sad part is I keep forgetting that movie is coming out here like this month. Stone Cold. I keep forgetting that movie's. A We're thing. not gonna see it, people. No, no. I, I look. I want to see it because I want to see what was so great about it to fuck my villain Academia, where they had to <laughs> extend everything else to line up the Endeavor arc with his movie's release. Okay, I want to see the big hype around this movie. So we will go see it. I honestly, I don't even know what day it comes out. That's how much I have forgotten about this movie, which is really sad. That that's how I feel about this one because, like, when it came to Heroes Rising. When that movie came out in Japan, yo, I was like glued to Twitter and stuff, just trying to get any spoilers I could, you know, which is then, of course, and I saw like Bakugo with uh, all, for, you, know, all you know, one for all and everything. Yeah. I, I was so pumped. I was like, oh, I need to, I need to know what happens. This one is just like, eh, you know, we'll just we'll go into it. It'll be a good ride, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun. It'll How be your fun. expectations have lowered. <laughs> for this one, yes. <laughs> My expectations went pretty fucking low. Um, but, uh, I mean, I got nothing, so I guess we can just go and hop into it. Okay, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, Zach, what do we have in the room mill this week? Wales, apparently from what has been dug up by mostly you this week. Yep. Um, bingo. Behavior Interactive, the developers of Dead by Daylight, are apparently working on an Xbox game, specifically for Xbox, based yep. on their LinkedIn profile. Which, that's something that people need to keep in mind, because those LinkedIn profiles, like, those always give us indications for new games i mean out. even just there's been several this year of just linkedin posts that have made people question what's going on bingo um yeah besides that um next cod game by infinity war could be called call of duty modern warfare 2 but i'm not sure what's up with that because we already <laughs> right. got the remaster yeah so like what are, you do in infinity ward like we've already seen the reports that the like their next game is going to be the sequel to their 2019 infinity uh, modern warfare yeah but i mean come on guys let's get a little bit more creative on the names <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> nope can't do there's no. been too many iterations uh, yeah. now we're just going down the barrel of two Two, Three, four, <laughs> even though five. we've even though we've already done it, just keep just keep re- <laughs> use the same name. They'll forget about the last Rehash. one. Rehash, they don't care. It has caught on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll sell. <laughs> uh, sorry if you're a fan of Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> you got Vanguard. Call of Duty stinks. <laughs> um, so big PS remake being announced this Christmas, according to musician who worked on Irish piece for the game. Yep. Apparently it's going to be lined up for game awards is uh, kind of what he's saying. The musician is like, 
not a gamer. So he doesn't really, like, he just like Sony approached him and was like, Hey, we need an Irish piece for this game, whatever. And they kind of gave some details that, Oh, it's just going to be a big remake from one of our past games. So Irish piece, I actually, what the fuck could that be of a Sony title from the past? And especially them Sony telling him big, you know, like, what, what, what would it be? I'm I, trying to think. I have no any clue. Sony first party that had anything Celtic or Irish related. I don't know. I will say a lot of people were pretty actually pissed off about this news because everyone's just like, oh, great, another remake of something. PS5, the generation of remakes. People, have you been paying attention to gaming for like the last eight years? Right. It's a fuck ton of remakes, including movies. It's a fuck ton of remakes. Like literally every comment on this thread for the the page that I saw this at, like everyone was just negative. It's just like, oh, great, another fucking remake. Oh, PS5, generation remake. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, if people don't want remakes, they should just stop messing with culture stuff in general. Movies, TV, right, right. gaming. I mean, just about everything's a remake nowadays. Yeah, true. True. Then we got... So, Amazon oh, had their whole go. New World stuff. They've yep. been doing good. So, it's apparently impossible that they have some unannounced games for PC, console, and mobile, which could possibly show up at Game Awards, maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just going to sing in a new world and hope that it doesn't flop again. I will say, I, I think New World was revealed at one of Jeff's shows, wasn't it? I don't remember which one. Was it the Game Awards? That uh, would be my best guess. but So it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if that would happen. But I am kind of curious what they have uh, you know, cooking up for console and mobile because this would be the first time we'd see that from them. You know, We've only seen two attempts on PC. Crucible 2. Yeah, Crucible 2. <laughs> it's like, we're not giving up on this yet. We're not giving up on this one yet, boys. We, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. Uh, and still talking about Amazon, uh, if, you, if you've been following anything in the gaming news this past week, then you obviously know about the massive Twitch leak. Uh, the massive Twitch leak mm-hmm. that uh, put out a lot of, you know, top stream. Pretty much, if you're on Twitch, you were pretty much involved with this. It recommends everyone to change their uh, passwords, even if you're not a streamer. Yeah. Uh, like, everyone. So, it was showing, like, you know, payout information for streamers, like, basically how much they're making and all this and that. Which I also got to say, the person that posts this, I'm assuming... That they identify themselves as the hacker, you know, and honestly on like on 4chan or Reddit or something, yeah. you know, we, we're just, just taking their word for it. The, the, it was the reason why they did it is because Twitch is just full of a giant like cesspool of idiots basically. And they wanted to just shove it in their face. That's more or less how they were. They even use the exact word cesspool uh, of whatever they use to insult the Twitch community that they basically just want to give Twitch a middle finger is why they did it. That's how they broke it down. Okay. But anyway, back to the point here. Uh, so one piece of news that did kind of come out of all these leaks is that there in some, in some data coding, it does mention about Amazon's basically their version of steam called vapor. Okay. Very original um, that it's going to be basically, I don't know exactly if it's going to be like Twitch and Vapor like merged into one client or they're going to be like two clients that are kind of working together. But basically, like I know from your Twitch client, you could essentially buy new games that are becoming out just like Steam. Um, so I guess keep an eye on that. You know, we'll see if that is something that Amazon's going to do. If if, if they're actually going forth with all this, I mean, hey, it kind of kind of shocks me. And, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, well, New World's not doing bad for them. I mean, that, I mean, but at the same time, it's like with where Amazon games kind of was with the new CEO, you know, he was kind of unsure if he was going to keep the division. Yeah. So, you know, with all these potential plans with all these unannounced games and this new vapor thing, they're, they're really seeming to try to push into the gaming market. And I know they're, they're pushing into other markets as well. They're really 
Amazon is really trying to branch into multiple forms of media. Cause I know just one random example, if you're a football fan, you know, this, um, you know, Amazon has purchased like a multi-year license to stream Thursday night football games. So now Thursday night football games on NFL network, one TV network that recently got the streaming license for like two years ago and now Amazon prime video. So, I mean, Amazon's they're, they're trying to get into all different forms of media right now, but it's, especially with gaming, they're continuing to try to get their foot in the door. I will be curious to see if vapor is a thing because um you know it'll be interesting to see how many games actually go on vapor like let's say first or something because maybe the price cuts different because we were talking about the same thing with the with that windows store Mm -hmm. leak you know that windows store leak what was the price it went down to like what 30 percent or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was really significant. It was dirt cheap low for creators to put yeah. their game on there. So I'll be kind of curious to see the same thing if Vapor gets something like that, if Vapor ends up being a thing. So um, next thing, we did get an announcement for a game this week uh, called Ghost Recon uh, Frontline. This is a, <laughs> this is a BR of Ghost Recon. Um, and, you know, it kind of caught um, kind of caught a little bit of storm behind it from the fans because of one big change. I mean, people – I feel like people are kind of getting a little – fatigued on brs they are you know i do uh especially since everyone's trying to do it but one thing that did change with this is how you play the game because this is frontline is first person and ghost recon has always been normally a third person game over the shoulder so people are actually kind of pissed off about that which if you're a longtime ghost recon fan i guess i can get that i mean Mm -hmm. you've dabbled in some ghost recon oh yeah no that would definitely be changing because more or less it wouldn't feel different you know what i mean Wait, what? Like, you know, with the fact that, you know, that if, you know, them changing it is what I'm referencing. Oh, okay. you know, they're making it the first person. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it may, it may not stand out from another, like Call of Duty, uh, Warzone, for example. I mean, I feel like it would stand out, but I feel like it wouldn't be more on the lines of more or less just doing a Battle Royale CHS thing because the whole thing with Frontline was also like you have specific objectives. Well, not objectives, but like, the characters, I don't, I don't think they called them operatives. I forget what they called them. Who have like special gadgets and tools, and you actually have to unlock them. And you play very specific characters whenever you uh, join up with a squad and whatnot. Which, mm-hmm. to me, just sounded like their uh, PvP mode they added into uh, Wildlands, which was very fun. It was a four v four squad based. Uh, team deathmatch, which was very fun, which had specific operators who had specific weapons and gadgets and whatnot, and they just threw it in a battle royale and took your third person camera away. Gotcha. Uh, it, you know, I know you're not uh, like a big BR guy outside of like Apex. Is Frontline something that you would check out? Nope. Okay. Because I, you know, I know, like I said, I know you've dabbled in some Ghost Recon. I, I don't know how much of a diehard fan of of it you are, where you would want to play this. I was just curious. Uh, but I know one series that you are a diehard fan of, uh, Yakuza, the uh, creator of Yakuza and Monkey Ball. Yeah, has I saw Sega. this. Yeah. Does that worry you for future Yakuza games, or do you think like, it, could, it could still potentially be in good hands, or are you just kind of worried about it? Because, I mean, we're, we're hearing talk right now of, what, the next one would be Yakuza 8 or 9? Uh, technically, it would be 7. Chrono- 7 based on name. Okay. Chronologically, I believe it would be nine. Okay. I, I just saw in like the news report, Yakuza eight or nine, whichever one it was, is, you know, potentially in the works right now. So does that kind of worry you for future Yakuza games? I mean, no, not really. I mean, Yakuza is weird in its own way. Um, I mean, as long as they kept the same as aesthetic and everything, it would be fine. Um, because I mean, 
yeah, they're losing him, but just his loss and still having main team, I still think it would be fine mm. because this is the same team without much direction from him decided that as a joke, they were going to reveal uh, Yakuza like a dragon as an RPG and the fans loved it and they went, well, screw it. I guess we're going to do it as an RPG. <laughs> Fucking fantastic game. It is absolutely top tier RPG. <laughs> like a dragon really did make some waves, man. It really did. I saw it everywhere when it came out. I mean, it's still got the Yakuza ridiculousness, has the overtop Yakuza as drama stuff, and then just you throw an RPG class system into it randomly. (laughs) Hey, man, that dev team is just living their best life. (laughs) Like, literally, it was literally just a joke to reveal the game of them making it as an RPG and just the fans going, I'd play this. Yeah, let's do this. And them just going to go, I guess we're rehauling the game, and they did it. <laughs> and it worked out perfectly. <laughs> that's 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 great. I didn't actually know about the story that it was initially revealed as a joke. Yeah, no, it was literally as a reveal joke. Okay, and I didn't know that. That's yeah. fantastic. I have so much respect for the game now, more than I already did. <laughs> it was supposed to be originally similar to all, like, all the other Yakuza games or Judgment, and then they released that, and they were just like, this is an option. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, that's that's amazing. I love that. I love that. Uh, so we also had the official announcement for that GTA trilogy that we've uh, been, you know, got a lot of leaks for and talking yep. about and stuff. It is coming to everything, including yes. including the Switch. Uh, but from what I've seen for the Switch, it will be a cloud version of the game. That's weird. PS2 for, games, man. Even for like GTA 3. PS2 games, cloud version, you know. That really tells you something on where we are with that Switch hardware. Yeah. It really is where, you know, it. You know, which again, when it comes to all those reports that we talked about last episode, I think, or the episode before, like, I- I'm telling you guys, buying those reports, that's just Nintendo working on their new console. Don't think of it as a Switch Pro. It's just their new console. They are aware of their console's power right now because yes. this year alone, we have, this is when cloud stuff's come out. Because I-, I think with the cloud stuff that came, that started this year, I don't remember any actual, like, announcement on cloud like i just remember just like here's a new game coming to switch it's a it's a cloud version everyone's just like wait there's cloud versions for switch yeah no there was no builder they were just hey these are now on cloud and people were just going okay yeah exactly so nintendo is very well aware of their console's current state of power so buy into those reports a new console is in the works just don't call it a switch pro um now one thing that came up this week and you know i've uh, this has come up in the past but this one seems to have really set people off a little bit because of what was vaulted destiny 2 has had a since bungie's kind of you know left activision started doing their own thing there's been a lot of very great quality of life improvements to the game Mm -hmm. that they've always wanted to make that Activision shackled them on. And one thing that they have done is they've been vaulting certain content. And the the realistic aspect of it, if there's like, you know, if you as a player, if there's a planet that you will literally go to like once a fucking year, does it really matter if that's vaulted? You know what I mean? Like who gives a shit, especially if it's base content, because they vaulted a lot of base content and they've also been bringing back some destiny one stuff like vaulted glass, of course, the first raid. But this week they have been uh, vaulting some past expansion content. So stuff that you pay for as a gamer, they are now. And and, from what I saw, it wasn't even that old expansion because that was stuff that like 
me and Andy were playing like just literally like late last year. Oh, like, dang. Like it's not old. I think it's like uh, some of the Forsaken stuff. Oh, dang. I think that was like late last, like sometime last yeah, year. It was. I'm not a hard Destiny player anymore, so I could be wrong on that release. But I mean, me and Andy we got on a pretty good Destiny kick just last year. But I mean, they vaulted like for their Forsaken stuff where it's like uh, the, whatever, it's called the Sea of something or wherever you go to. But a lot of people are pissed about this. And the one most common thing that I've seen, and this is where I wanted your thoughts, is that everyone was just like, no other MMO has ever done this. This is the only MMO that's doing this where it's vaulting your paid content. Yes. So yeah, that was my, that was my question is that, is that is true to you? Cause I'm not a big MMO guy, but to my understanding, yeah, that seems to be the case. As far as I'm aware in all the MMOs I played, there's never been any MMO that has ever completely locked you out of vaulted content. That was paid content. There have been some MMOs that, uh, locked off some content for a time to, do some balancing and reworking it, but then re-releasing it for everyone who had already had it, but not just completely, hey, it's no longer there. And see, that's the thing with with Bungie in this case is I don't, you know, this could be, you know, me just doing some really terrible reporting here and not reading into it. But to my understanding, they didn't necessarily come out and say, oh, we're vaulting this to rework it and make it more fun and release it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if they're doing that or not, but I don't know. I just... My question is, why does Bungie need to vault stuff? Is like, is their servers not big enough to handle everything they've released to this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why is that a thing? Why, why can't ever? Why can't you keep all the content? Now, under, now again, I understand that if you look at like a a base game released planet or of X planet or whatever, where it has like such a stupid low percentage of players actually going there. Okay, yeah, I can get vaulting that where it can make room for something. But again. That's the thing. That's the one way they described it is making room for something else. So that brings me to my point: is there what, what's going on with their service? How can they? How can the servers not handle all that? But when meanwhile other MMOs can, like, what's the differences? You know what I mean? And maybe it's just Bungie just kind of figuring this shit out as they go. I mean, it is a wondering thing, and just what discussion happened that they thought taking away content that players have paid for was a good idea. Th- that's that's the big because that's that's the big thing is players have actually paid money to access this content. Yep. And now you're taking it away, even if it's not even content that's not even being really played or touched on very much. Still, the fact that you're taking away something that's already been paid for, which is probably the main thing that's triggering everybody. Yeah, I agree. Is not the fact that you're vaulting content, but you're vaulting paid wall content that you can only access once you've actually paid for. Um, So, yeah, no, it's interesting why what discussions happen that lead to it and where is this going to lead going forward? A lot of people was just like, just fucking release Destiny 3 already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which, okay, fair. Uh, we got two more pieces of news here for you before we get over to our three big talking points. That being, of course, Metroid Dread, Back for Blood, and Super Smash Brothers. Um, so the first one, Far Cry 6 did release this week as well. <laughs> uh, a game that, like, me, you, and John are just, like, really unsure if we want to get or we, have ke- we kept forgetting it was coming out. And uh, the reviews are two different ends of the spectrum. Literally two different ends. You'll get some reviewers, like some magazines and websites, whatever, where it's just like, oh, this is a 10 out of 10. This is a 9 out of 10. This is a 4.5 out of 5. And you'll have like another one, like I think IGN was one. I could be wrong on IGN if they did. No, it might have been VGC, uh, where they gave them like a 4 out of 10. Another company gave them like a 3 out of 10. Like we have two different ends of the spectrum of reviews for this game. Very, very mixed. And I've even seen some, you know, just some like streamers, uh, you know, playing the game, whatever that I've just talked about that they like it because it, it fills the need of what they were wanting. Yes. Like let's say how John has described Biomutant, for example, mm-hmm. but they do acknowledge that 
it's just fucking Far Cry. It's just stale, same formula that, Far Cry. That seems to be the thing that I was getting from stuff, seeing people review and whatnot, is that it is a Far Cry game, but take that as it is stated. It is a Far Cry game. So that same um, routine that they've been doing and formula they've been using since back in Far Cry 3 yep. when the series first blew up, Yep, that's what it is. Just now with a uh, Latin as spin on it and revolution and whatnot and stuff like that. If you're looking for anything innovative and whatnot, it's probably not going to be here because from everything I've got, it is a, if you're looking for a far cry game, you'll like it. If you're looking for something to expand the series and maybe get more out of it, see for the series to go into the future, it's not going to be there. Bingo, bingo. Because, I, you know, the way that you referenced it with Far Cry 3 is the best way. Because I saw one particular person say, Far Cry 3, fan-fucking-tastic. And I agree. Far yeah, Cry 3 is good so good. But then the problem is, every Far Cry after that was kind of the same thing. It's been the same yep. thing, just skinned differently. Yep. It's literally all it's been. Yep. Same and formula. Maybe they add a couple things here and there. I mean, I think the last one, which they sort of took a try with, but... It didn't do so well, so they went away. Was with was primal. Yeah, primal. Yeah, primal was a different take. They went with it, and then I mean, it was sort of okay received, and they just went okay back to this what we know. Which was I think after that, it just went back. to, I think that was five. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, because yeah, because primal came out after four. I, I actually liked four. Four was entertaining, but three was like peak. Yeah, uh, and I I do know also involving this Far Cry situation. <laughs> Apparently Ubisoft shipped out wrong PS4 versions of uh, Far Cry Six in UK, which by them accidentally doing that blocks people from getting the PS5 upgrade. <laughs> Ubisoft, what are you doing, baby? What are you doing? This is why they're going to get purchased by Xbox. We're calling it. <laughs> My God, guys, you you make money off boxes. You couldn't figure out the right one. Yep, this is why me and Zach are are calling that Ubisoft could potentially be a purchase by Xbox. But, you know, when it comes to this whole thing with Far Cry, I did see some reports that the next Far Cry, which I feel like we hear this every time there's a mediocre, stale game release. Everyone's like, oh, don't worry, the next one. You know, but apparently the next Far Cry could really shake up the franchise, but with a massive focus on multiplayer, which... Let's look at their other big franchise. If Assassin's Creed Infinity is exactly <laughs> as we know it, where it's going to be like this big online experience, I guess it would it would make sense that they're going to do the same thing with Far Cry. I mean, I can see it work for Far Cry because, I mean, depending on what multiplayer they decide to do, I mean, 5 was okay, but the thing that most people had fun with Far Cry 5 was actually the multiplayer because it came in with a built-in level edit- editor yeah, and everything, and people had... Tons of fun communities and whatnot, just creating weird ass levels and whatnot, playing on those. What if they took like a Far Cry online approach where it's something similar to hopefully I say the right game that I'm thinking this is what the game is, but isn't Rust like an online game where you just like a survival game you can build like your own little? What if they took an approach like that where like I would never play it again? That would be it for you. I mean, I don't like those types of games. So. Okay. See, I, I haven't really jumped into those types of games, so I don't have an actual opinion. But do you see that as a potential? Like you, like that? Because I, I thinking about it, I'm just like, okay, I could actually see them going down that route. I mean, yeah, I could see them going down that road, but it would take a different bit of a changing of mechanics and stuff based on what Far Cry is currently. I feel like. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Uh, all right, so last piece of news here. Uh, normally, this would be like a talking point, but Zach and I, both of us, haven't actually sat down and played this yet. Uh, involves Pokemon Unite. Uh, Sylveon came out. We Neither of us have played Unite. Uh, I mean, played uh, Sylveon. Uh, if John was here, John's played Sylveon, and we would talk about it. But the, the, And it's got the fastest nerf alive. The, and that's, that's the news, yes. Uh, this is the fastest nerf that we've seen in Pokemon Unite. Like it, and not only was it the fastest nerf, it was a beefy hammer that got slammed down on Sylveon. Like the nerf is like unreal of how much damage decrease. Did John, you know, since you were talking to him yesterday, did John tell you the specs that I sent him? No, he didn't. Okay, let me pull it up. I mean, this is sort of funny that this character just released and within a week got nerfed, but we have One Punch Lucario still running around. No, that, that's fixed. Is it? Okay. okay, but we still have busted ass Venusaur though. Okay, because cool. I'm still playing that. <laughs> But yeah, no, they deal with Sylveon within a week and then One Punch Lucario stayed around for like almost two, three weeks. Okay. Are you ready for this? All right, sure. All right. So we'll start with Mystical Fire. Uh, so the original, it was uh, over 1600 for the first hit. Okay. Pretty solid. And then it was uh, 417, like 433 uh, for every hit that kind of follows mm-hmm. after that for a grand total of north of 3300. Okay. Uh, this is the new one. The first hit is right over a thousand now. Oof. Every hit after that is about 265. Oof. For a total of about 2,100. Oof. <laughs> Next up is Hyper Voice. The initial hit, uh, the, fr- the first hit was uh, 824, and then the grand total that you could get up to was over 6,000. Mm-hmm. The new one, 397 for each hit for a total of about north of 2,800. Oof. That is some big nerfs. It is. That, like, they shafted Sylveon, like, not even a week. <laughs> not even a week. Sylveon went from the ender of lives to... Yeah. Yeah, it went from, a, like, a top-tier, top-tier attacker that you would expect to see on a team all the time to just like, well, back to the closet. Let's bust out Venusaur again, I guess. <laughs> if we need a secondary damage, I mean, I guess you can be here. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got Venusaur. You'll be okay. Uh, all right. Well, Zach, where do you want to where do you want to kick things off now for our big talking points for this week? I mean, we should discuss the big asshole with the keyblade. <laughs> okay, fair, fair, fair. Uh, yeah. So Sora was officially revealed for Smash. This is something that people have wanted since Brawl. This has been I. This has been a smart a Smash wish list since Brawl. So I know there's a lot of people out there that is super pumped about this. Obviously, this is like uh, a character reveal where it's like the internet unanimously was like all like, okay, that's, that's cool. That's fine. It makes sense. I mean, how else were you going to end the final slot? I mean, there was only a couple of characters that could end that final slot. Sora would be one. I would say because of the giant meme that it's been for the past two years, Waluigi would have been another one if they turned him into a character. Yeah. Uh, but after that, it's like, who else would have been worthy for that last slot? You know what I mean? Sora makes the most sense. And he looks fun. I mean, I like what, I like what they're doing with, um, you know, his outfit. So, they, you know. Gameplay looks fun. Mm-hmm. I still haven't bought Character Pass 2, so I'll play them eventually. Oops. Uh, but I did think it was kind of funny that there was like a severe absence of like in the stage and everything of like the Disney characters. I thought that was funny. Like where they just very purposely made them like you cannot see like Donald and, and, and Mickey. <laughs> They're just not there. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy that. Uh, we also did get the uh, announcement for the next set of Amiibos to come out. Uh, Min Min and uh, the, uh, Steve and Alex. They are coming out in March, so I'll be picking those up. Um, but, you know, the talking point here isn't Sora, okay? That's not the talking point. It's just that is what it is to me and you. I mean, honestly, whenever you sent me um, that Sora was announced, I was just like, 
Really? Or is this a joke? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the talking point isn't Sora. That's not the talk. The big talking point is, and it's been what a lot of people thought, what is next for Super Smash Brothers? This is the biggest crossover event in gaming history. Mm-hmm. Hands down, no questions asked. Probably will not be topped. And from the way that kind of Sakurai approached this presents the way Nintendo advertised as Sakurai's last Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which again, I know it's just the one game, but they approached as his last one. The way he reflected on the game at the beginning where he's just like, you know, think about it like this. Think about when we started development, you were probably in elementary school. When the game was announced, you were in middle school. And now that this last character, you're, you should be in high school. That's really wild to think about, which that is. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. you know, if you're in that, that age is. range, that is wild to think about. You know, but he really reflected on the game, working on the game, working on how all the collaborations came through. Even he openly admitted, he's like, I, I was even shocked that Sora got in, you know, because that, you know, we know how Disney is. Yeah, Disney's pretty hard. Yeah, they're, they're tough with, with their lives. We think Nintendo's bad. These two... Disney and Nintendo, man, they're a perfect pair, I guess. Um, but what is next for Smash? Like, first off, is Sakurai done? Obviously, we don't know. But would you think that he could be done? I would say maybe. I mean, if, Ninten- possible. if Nintendo literally just continues to give him an open checkbook and say, do whatever you want, then maybe not. But this is obviously a lot of work that goes into these games. Mm-hmm. But what do you, I mean, what do you think could happen next? Like Nintendo's obviously not going to, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and squash this. Smash is not dead. No. It makes too much money. Nintendo will make another smash, but what will be the next smash? Will they just take a switch generation approach where they just port something up and port smash ultimate to the next console? But we don't know how you licensing know we will work. With the weird hand storyline, we need a smash beat them up. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, or just an RPG, either or. Okay, the RPG actually that would be really dope too. I would enjoy that. It would, it would be interesting to see if like for the next Smash, they actually do take a new spin on it with like a new, like another like a new fancy single player mode. World of Light was okay. I mean, it wasn't what I wanted out of Smash. Yeah, which that was a little bit like an RPG. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted out of uh, the single player mode because I really loved uh, Subspace Emissary Brawl. I thought that was really fun. Mm. It was just a streamlined story mode. Gotcha. I mean, it was a lot of fun. But I mean, like, like, like if they, if they were to make a brand new smash, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like, I don't think we're gonna see anything close to the roster that we have now. I really I mean, don't. That's that's sort of the downside of this is this has become such a big game as it's spanned it so long. There's so many stages, so many characters. If they were to release a new smash, it probably wouldn't compare unless it's just whole new types of mechanics and fighting and stuff like that. I mean, it couldn't could it possibly get to where all. Ultimate is, yes, with the same amount of time, but the thing becomes is when you do that and you lower the roster, people will want to expect those characters to return. Right. Because they want to play their favorites on the new game if there's new mechanics and whatnot. So it becomes a hard thing that the only real way I can see Smash continuing at this time is if they're willing to test and branch into different genres and play around with stuff. More or less using the Smash as a name rather than... um, I guess what it's as a fighting game, it's iconic uh, mm-hmm. play style. I mean, they can make a new Smash game; it'll probably sell. But I feel like if if it did come out, people would still probably stick with Ultimate for a, a, quite a while. Kind of like Melee. Yeah, Melee still is obviously a huge following, but that's also because of just the gameplay mechanics is so yes. good. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's that's a very good idea that I didn't think of. Is that you know one one possibility for where they could take Smash is just really putting some sort of new spin on it, uh, like you're saying. But, you know, I, I think right now, 
I think one possibility is that Ultimate will just get ported uh, oh, most definitely. to the new console. And with the new port, I, th- I do think we could get new characters, but it'll just be a, a pass. Like yeah. it's, it's not going to be new characters with the base game. I think that you would get the exact same roster you have right now up to Sora. Maybe some other things included in the game to make it new and fresh, like mm-hmm. something maybe, you know, something more to the world of light or just whatever. Characters be the exact same. And then, you know, it's just like, well, hey, you know, there's another fighter pass that is announced. Because then that I feel like that leaves the the dev team to work on less stuff. Yeah. You know, like they don't have to make like 90 characters from scratch. They'll already kind of have them set up and they just kind of graphically enhance it to for, for 4K, which, you know, that, that would be something that I think would really entice Sakurai to come back and work on it is just to have a very graphically pleasing game like that that he could work on. Yeah, I don't you know, I don't know how much that is a huge focus for him because look at the games he's always worked on and been happy working on. But, hey, you never know. That could be something that he wants to try to really make make a game just look unbelievably beautifully stunning in 4K. I was going to say, the only other thing I could think of which would require Nintendo to not be Nintendo is if they <laughs> Unlikely. allowed Smash to be on other consoles and platforms. I'll just remember what the Platinum Games guy said. Yep. <laughs> so, probably not. As I said, that's why I said it yep. would require Nintendo not to be Nintendo. Yep, exactly. It will be interesting to see what uh, happens out of Smash. It, this week for Smash really felt... Um, what's the right way to put it? I don't know. It, it just felt sentimental this past week. You know, just seeing everyone talk about Smash Ultimate, seeing about the announcement, and seeing, like, everything Sakurai talked about everything he talked about afterwards, where even Sakurai openly addressed the thank you Sakurai that was trending. Even he openly addressed it. It's like, hey, I'm just now seeing this. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Sakurai is such a great dude. And, you know, the uh, the one thing that I do want to point out before we kind of move on here is that, uh, you know, if Sakurai, let's say, is done, you know, he wants to go ahead and retire and they kind of get another, you know, the rest of the the dev team to work on it. And he goes and does stuff with his game company, Sora, uh, which he did make a joke about. Yeah. Um, is... If Sakurai leaves, like, think about it. Like, this is almost, like, the real end of an era for Nintendo, you know? Because, I mean, you have the unfortunate passing of, of uh, the, uh, the president, whatever. Mm-hmm. Reggie has left. Uh, some other people have also left and moved on. Like, this could be, like, the actual end of an era for Nintendo. So, it's just kind of wild to think about. Uh, one last thing for Nintendo-related that I do want to address, and I'm going to pass it off to you for Back for Blood. Um I forgot to add this to the script. Uh, there was one piece of news this week that uh, Pokemon Company did confirm that Legends Arceus will not be open world. I did see that. Yep. Uh, which got a lot of people upset. I'm not really fucked up about it. I don't think every game needs to be like Breath of the Wild, Skyrim. You know, it, think think of Monster Hunter is basically how this is going to be in terms of the large, large zones. Or just really think of think of like Sword and Shield and having the large wild areas to explore. Think yeah. of that. I mean, it's going to be one of the two, but it's not going to be open world. They did actually confirm that. I, w- I would probably say the safest comparison is going to be like Monster Hunter. That's going to be the safest comparison about each zone. So I forgot to add that to the script. That would have been way earlier in the show. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, well. Talking about Nintendo reminded me of it. Uh, but why don't we pass to you? Uh, you did. You have got to play Back for Blood. Yes. Um, because of the early access? Yes. Yeah, so for anyone who's listening to this going, what? Uh, Back for Blood will actually only have officially released when this episode goes up on Tuesday. But for anyone who had the ult, who bought the Ultimate Edition or uh, Deluxe Edition, gained access as of Thursday. Um, How are you enjoying it? I mean, it's been fun. Uh, there is one sort of thing which I'm not sure what's up with is I feel like um, the servers are a little uh, wonky, shanky, shaky. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just because there's enough people with early access that the servers 
are sort of adjusting because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how many people were in the beta, but I figured it'd be about the same amount of people since people who pre-ordered were the only ones who were able to get into. Well, I take that back. Pre-orders plus people who were lucky enough to get an email that they signed up for are able to play. Okay. So, I mean, and I mean, it's not like real bad where it's unplayable. It's just like small things like, and it may just be my PC as well. And I need to defrag it. Um, Cause like when I'm in the middle of game, if I go to uh, chat in game, my screen will freeze for a moment. Ooh, yeah, uh, that's annoying. It is annoying, especially when I got a big hulker in front of me. Yeah, that that's that's <laughs> definitely annoying. And I just see a big old screen of this fat bastard in front of me. I'm like shit, shit, shit. <laughs> and the worst part is my character's still moving. It's just my screen's there. Oh no. So I mean, but other than that, just I haven't really seen a whole lot. Um. I feel like they do need to do some cleaning up of some things because, like, mm-hmm. playing the beta and whatnot, all the guns felt nice to me, firing and whatnot. But there's a couple <clears throat> that I've picked up now that just feel very weird. Okay. Like, you can, in some missions, in some of the areas, you can get a minigun and set it up. And when you're firing it, it just looks really choppy. Ooh. <laughs> the minigun does. Because you'll, you'll, like, because sh- I'll be, like, shooting and swerving it, and I'll see just. <laughs> I hear, but I see. Yeah, it's just okay, going real slow. And I'm just like, something's not adding up here. And same thing with the uh, uh, light machine, not light machine guns, the uh, heavy machine guns in the game, like the M60 and mm-hmm. RPK. RPK is not bad, but the M60 it has the same issue. I hear a lot of bullets going off, but I'm only seeing so f- many. <laughs> right. So I mean, it's sort of weird. So again, I, I. And it may actually, now that I think about it, may also be because of some settings I disabled because I took off like motion blur and some things like that. So that actually might be the problem now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Get that change. You might be back on track. Um, But I mean, other than that, everything feels fine to me. Um, It is definitely a long haul game because I know when John and me talked about it from the beta, we mentioned how a whole run would probably take you a while. So after seeing it, there's four acts in the game. Okay. And the first act alone has uh, 10 or 11 levels. Mm-hmm. And for me to completely run from the start of Act 1 to the end of Act 1, it was on the easiest difficulty, mind you. It was about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And that's just actually learning it and running through it. If you're with a good team and quick running, you can probably do it in under an hour if you're real quick with so it. So it is a commitment. Yeah, it, it's a commitment. If you're going to do, if you're going to try and do like a whole run with a group of act one to act four, you're going to, your asses are going to be set, sat down for a while, regardless of what difficulty you're on. And if you choose to go on the harder difficulties, good luck. <laughs> you're going to add a good couple hours. And you're the madman that would try that. I mean, I'm going to attempt nightmare at some point. Yes. Because it's a whole thing. Cause you got recruit veteran and nightmare recruits the easiest where that's honestly where anyone should start to build, build up supply points and get cards. Cause veteran mode requires builds mm-hmm. because the whole system is how it works because they it gets really weird. It's very resource heavy because there's health, there's damaged health, which can be healed. And then there's trauma health, which if trauma health has been hit, you can only heal that up with either a med kit or uh, 
No, not a medkit, actually. Medkit doesn't heal it. Either with a special card that allows you to heal trauma damage or uh, med medkit cabinets. So as you run through a level and you get beat on, you lose health. You lose max health. Ooh. <laughs> so as you the run goes longer, and if you're not watching that, you'll run into like a finale on like 20 health. So the harder difficulties require actual teamwork and builds to be able to adequately do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I say it's a commitment for anything. And I said that, that hour and a half, two hours was just the first act. There's four other, three other acts I still got to run through. <laughs> but I mean, overall it's been, I've been enjoying it. It's what I wanted from it. It's a good zombie shooter. Just run around, shoot, smack, do whatever. And I mean, and they have it sort of like in segments because each segment sort of telling a part of the story because there is a story going on here of pretty much where it opens up where I don't know if they've ever said um, the team's name, but the cleaners you're playing as, they are part of a specific team of cleaners. And more or less you start out in the city and this is years after the zombie apocalypse has happened, or I guess the biological apocalypse. They don't call them zombies. <laughs> has happened. So it's already happened. This people have actually had time to cope with it and whatnot and build up communities and whatnot. And then as you're delivering supplies to another community, suddenly there's just a sudden resurgence of written attacking the entire city. Mm-hmm. So like the first act for the most part <clears throat> is just in the city where Fort Hope is y'all's base camp is, is going around and helping the different outposts, finding survivors and whatnot and figuring out what the hell has gone wrong and everything like that. And each sort of segment is, has a finale. Like, the first part has you escaping from where they were to getting back to Fort Hope and everything. Yeah, no. It's initially getting to Fort Hope, then helping, then blowing up a bridge to sort of separate your side of the town from the other side. And then the rest of it is helping the other outpost and then finally going to where some a large group of Ridden had shown up. And everything, and each section has a finale. So, like in Act One, there's four different finales. First one being uh, running across a bridge and then setting bombs on a ship to blow up. Second one, which what was the second one? The second one wasn't that great, honestly. No, actually, no. I did like the second one. Is the third one that wasn't great? The second one is <laughs> so you're helping a bunch of survivors escape. And to help people get out of town, what do you guys do? You go to a bar and start a jukebox, which I liked <laughs> because it was a nice reference to a thing a lot of people would do in Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Because in some of the levels of Left 4 Dead 2, you could just find a jukebox. And if you hit it, there was a chance it would start a horde. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so in the middle of a game, it wasn't uncommon for people who were born to just run and find the jukebox, hit that shit. <laughs> and everyone just hears me and goes, just hears the music start and go, shit. God damn it. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's just a whole finale of you just hit the jukebox and just fight through a wave of zombies. And the best part about it, whereas Left 4 Dead 2, it was sort of like indie music. Mm-hmm. They had actual licensed music for this. Oh. Yes. So it was very nice. I don't know how many songs are on it with the on the recruit difficulty. It only ran through two songs. I don't really remember the first one because I wasn't really paying attention because it was my first run. So I wasn't, I was just setting up and everything. But when the second hit song hit, I was like, yes, <laughs> because it was um, 
Tick, tick, boom by the hives. Okay, okay. I For just, anyone streaming, do be careful of that, by the way. Yeah, I would be careful of that. <laughs> do, uh, which actually, I know you probably haven't looked at it, but do they have a uh, op- option where you can turn off the copyright music? Obviously, we know uh, Cyberpunk had that option. Yes. Does, does this game have something like that? I didn't think to check because okay. I didn't really think about it. But I mean... Because just be it, careful to stream. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Yeah. But overall, I've been enjoying it. It's staying fairly... Um, it's not getting repetitive at this point. That's good. I mean, so, because each thing has sort of its own thing going for it. Like, running through those first acts, I mean, the main thing that was repetitive was just sweeping sweeping the area. Mm-hmm. Because, I tell you, that damage adds up real quick if you're not careful. <laughs> so, just making sure you're sweeping and killing all the zombies. But, like, actual objectives of each map and whatnot was fairly varied. I don't think in that first act, I don't think there was any... Um, similar object or objectives at any point besides just getting to safe rooms at the end. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was, it was the generic go save people, but each place or way you had to do it was at least a slightly different. Okay. And then, as I said, it is telling a story. So with act two, I'm actually out of the city because I honestly haven't got a whole lot of time to actually play other than go through the first act. So I still haven't even touched act two. Hmm. Okay. Overall, loving it though, huh? Yeah, no, overall, if you're just looking for a good shoot 'em up zombie game, I would say go for it. Well, with that said, I will say, you know, uh, the last. How's your space FNAF going? Well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I will, you know, when it comes to that, the last reported numbers that we saw for Xbox Game Pass, I believe, was 23 million users. Back for Blood's day one on Game Pass. So, yep. yeah, if you got Game Pass, which 23 million users, if you're listening to this show, you might have Game Pass. Give it a shot. Uh, I'm actually finally getting Game Pass here in the very near future, so I may I may give it a shot. I think if you have Game Pass, I think you may actually be able to play already, I think. Because I don't okay. know if Game Pass gives you the deluxe edition or standard. It's probably standard, probably. but I could be wrong. Yeah. So, something to keep in mind with it coming to Game Pass. gives uh, gives uh, the... Uh, it gives them and the developers a nice check, and mm-hmm. it gives the game a chance to really have some life because you get a lot of players immediately on on board with it, and which is really good, especially for this game because it's completely crossplay. That's all. That's great. So Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, it is all crossplay. So if you have it active, you will end up with anybody on all three platforms. And you know, since you are playing it, you know, with that mindset of it being on Game Pass, you get a lot of you know, a large flood of players coming in. I, I'm I'm assuming that there's just absolutely fantastic for the game where it gives the game a legitimate chance at life, yes? Yes, the only thing that is hurting it right now is just how the uh, search function works. Oh, that's a bummer. Um well, I guess it's how it works because Ideally, it's sort of hard for me right this moment because I ideally want to run through all four acts just straight. Mm-hmm. But you can just hit quick play and it'll just throw you into a game. But if for campaign, it literally, for each map, whichever map you want to start, it searches specifically for that game. Oh, okay. So it can take a little bit initially if you just want to run through the entire, excuse me, game. And which you sort of have to if you want to unlock all the points because... Once you you can create runs wherever you want to, mm-hmm. but to unlock the starting point, you have to actually beat the mission before it. So initially going in, you have none of the start points besides level one. Okay. Doesn't keep you from playing the other levels because if you join up a party with someone who else has the start points, there you go. But if you actually want to start it, you have to. 
And speaking of the crossplay, I did actually get in a game which was PC and Xbox. And okay. from what I could tell, there was not much of a uh, latency issue of any sort. Oh, that's good. So everyone was able to play. There was no real jumping around and everything. So that's a very good thing. Uh, now I will take your beautiful segue that I crushed on your space <laughs> FNAF. Yes. Cause that's <laughs> literally still from the trailers. All I can think is it's just space five nights at Freddy's bingo. Okay. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here are my two immediate takeaways from this <laughs> yes. game. Here are my two immediate takeaways. Number one, I have died a lot. <laughs> that is the first one. And number two, if you are listening to this podcast right now, Lighthearted Gamers episode 61, and you do not think that Metroid Dread is worth $60 just because it is a 2D, 3D game, then you are fucking wrong, and you need to go re- reevaluate this game and actually give it a shot. And that is the intro, boys. This is honestly a phenomenal game. What you what space Five Nights at Freddy's? That's pretty accurate, man. I fucking hate the Emmys so <laughs> much. The moment I see an Emmy door to walk through, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> come on, man. I walk the door out. I kind of stand there for a second. I'm like, I don't hear it yet. Walk, take a few more steps, and I'll, I'll like see the little red dot, like just kind of going all over the radar. I'm like, oh shit, and I'll just immediately start running. Fuck those things. Those things, <laughs> I, those things scare the shit out of me. Can you man. even fight them, or do they just no, outright kill you? They'll outright kill you. They're, that sucks. So the way Adam, which is your ship, you know, you can connect to him through multiple network points throughout the uh, the facility. Okay. The way he describes it to you is there is a 99% chance that you will die. So just run. <laughs> <laughs> I love Adam, man. I love Adam's you know brutal nature behind this. Um, but uh, you know there is a there is a chance to counter. It is a very small little window where if you hit the counter button you can actually stun it and escape but in terms of fighting it you you as you get to certain points you do get the omega cannon which can kill it but obviously you have to tra- you know go through the whole section and yeah. do this and that before you get that upgrade and once you fire you know and destroy the emmy and with the, the omega cannon's full blast it goes offline so it's one off you kill the emmy and you move on there are seven there are seven emmys in the game that you need what to happens kill. if you miss well it's gonna grab you and it's going to stab you in the throat and it's going to say game over because I found that out. <laughs> oh, so if you miss, it's just game over? I mean, yeah, because it's just going to kill you. Okay. I mean, at that point, like, I mean, you can... Now, see, I, I don't think it... I don't think the Omega Cannon... Now, and you know, I, I get your question. So, I don't think the Omega Cannon will actually go away if you, like, fire a full blast and, and let's say, miss or something and run away, you'll still have it because it'll pretty much go away because pretty much once you get that Omega Cannon, the game recognizes, okay, you're going to kill an enemy. I mean, gotcha. I, I, I could be wrong because that hasn't happened to me. I've only killed two Emmys and I haven't like horribly missed, you know, I mean, I, I the first one was very straightforward to, to kill because he didn't have any plating. So you just shoot him in the core and he's dead. The second one, you have to use the Omega Blaster with its standard blast and just continuously fire at its head to destroy the plating to then shoot the core with it. And then it just goes away. But I mean, you also get some other upgrades to help you out because I just I just now got the uh, the stealth, the, the cloaking. So I can use that to escape Emmys. Now, if they bump into you, you're still fucked. So dodge them. (laughs) (laughs) And the cloaking law obviously only works for a certain time. There's only certain areas, like I said, you know, when I mentioned Emmy door, there's only those certain sections. I mean, it's a special like white door. As soon as you see it, you're like, all right, that's an Emmy zone. Gotcha. Yeah. And once the Emmys are, you know, and the Emmy zones are kind of creepy. 
I thought it was my TV at first, and then I realized it was just the Emmy zone. Cause like once you go in there, it's like the screen gets like really kind of grainy. And I thought it was my TV at first. Like, cause you know, I like my games bright. Yeah. Right? I go pretty high in brightness. So I thought that was it. And then I, I realized once I get into another zone, it was back to normal. Okay. It's just the zones. So that's a nice little touch. You know, the music changes, everything changes in the Emmy zone. So that's gotcha. pretty cool. Now I will. Does it change for each of me, or is it pretty standard? For, it's standard, oh, at, le- so at least sucks. at least for the two that I've encountered. Now the, all the Emmys are different. Gotcha. I, I can't say that. Um, now, one thing that I, I do want to address with this game that I've seen a lot of people ask is: you don't have to have you don't have you don't have to have played the previous four games before this to jump into this one. Okay, for two reasons: one, do what I did and just go watch a recap video on YouTube because there are there are certain aspects about it that I just don't remember. You know, I haven't I've never been been big into Metroid. I've enjoyed them, so I did just go watch like a, a eleven minute recap video. Very entertaining. Shout out to the baby Metroid, true MVP. Um, but also this. This game literally gives you like a pretty good recap at the start of the game. Like, oh, uh, so this is actually part of the chronological series? Yes. This oh, is, I thought it was just a one-off. No, this is considered Metroid Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it goes um, Metroid slash Metroid Zero Mission because Zero Mission was the remake. Mm-hmm. Goes that, and then Samus Returns uh, slash Metroid Two, and then it goes Other M, which was on the Wii, and then I think it goes Metroid Fusion. And then this one, okay. I, th- I, th- I think that was the order. Um, I think I think other M was the third one, uh, which also you know for reference, you know for people that don't know, when I mentioned Adam, your ship that you can connect to the network, uh, Adam is your new ship that you get in Fusion, I believe is what it was. Your old ship got destroyed. Adam is the name of like one of your former commanders that does die in other M. So that and and some of his like uh, personality kind of even gets uploaded into his into the, into this uh, AI whatever. So as Adam is like talking to you, and I've kind of noticed in this game, it's very noticeable in Fusion from what I saw in my recap video. Um, but in this game, it's even noticeable because like like I said, he you know Adam flyout says, yeah, it's ninety nine percent chance you're gonna die, so just run, just survive at all costs, like don't do anything else. But I mean, the game is it is it's a ton of fun. It may be a two D game, but it is a beautiful two D three D game. Like the transition between it's so quick the load times are damn near non-existent which is really nice because as you're fighting emmys and stuff it'll go from like a 2d to like behind samus kind of moment when you're trying to fire the omega cannon Mm -hmm. like the the transitions between cutscene to just 2d 3d mode is fucking flawless and it looks awesome watching samus you know go around and stuff looks awesome you know it just again it's a 3d game that's just in 2d side scroll play yeah um I fought two bosses. Uh, neither of them were overly difficult. One was the eye. The eye wasn't really that hard. I don't know what it's exactly called. The other one was like this scorpion tail thing. That thing was kind of fucking annoying. And that also had a kick-ass cutscene too. The cutscenes are awesome. I've loved every cutscene that I've come across. Because when it came to like the scorpion tail cutscene, dude, it was so... It was just savage in my opinion. Where it's just like, damn, Sam, is here. You're a bad bitch. Let's go. It's like, you know, you had it on the ropes where it's dead. And it's like shooting the cutscenes like from the from his from the front of him. Okay. And you see Samus behind him. And Samus' entire stance changes where she's like, you know, ready to go, just kind of stands up, like, you know, it's kind of leans back, like, oh yeah, you're dead. And she just kind of walks over to the side. You see her gun start charging up. She just stops, just holds it up, fires one time, jumps in the air, and then superhero landings. And I'm like, damn, Samus, bad bitch. Let's go. But no, it is actually a really phenomenal game. I if you've never played played a metroid game i still think this is 100 worth a pickup if you're wanting to try metroid um because like i said it gives you the recap that you need to know if not just go watch the video on youtube it'll give that'll give you the recap that you need to know hey alex question for you if i remember correctly these these enemies are all different colors yes yes okay have you ever thought that 
Samus is the bad person here? And that this is just a very weird game of Among Us? Oh, and you're fuck. the traitor? Uh, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I could be. I've only killed a white one, and I'm now I'm now fucking dealing with the green one. I don't like that green one. He's a fucking... Uh, that Emmy zone's annoying the fuck out of me right now. <laughs> I don't like that green one. <laughs> no, those Emmys are, are, are annoying as hell, but that's a good thought. Uh, but no, I mean, this game is really good. Uh, I imagine, from what I've seen across the board, met diehard Metroid fans that have waited for Metroid Dread specifically for the past 20 years, because Dread was teased like 20 years ago. Was it really? It, it was in-game. Dang. It was in-game. I think it was Metroid Prime. There was an Easter egg where you could find it, and it says uh, Project Dread is nearing completion. 20 years later, here we are. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, so Metroid, you know, the title Dread has been something that has been big in the Metroid fandom for a long time. So that's why when it got announced, that it just blew up because of that. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you haven't played Metroid, I still think it's worth the pickup. You know, it gives you the recap that you need to understand what the hell's going on, and it's just a really fun game, and it's definitely challenging. I've literally died so many times thanks to those Emmys. I'll just get caught in a stupid situation. And I've died a couple times, like bosses and stuff, but, you know, like mostly the Scorpion Tail one. That one kind of annoying a little bit. I'm so also bad at these games. Stuff. The bosses are the Emmys, yes? Uh, or are there actual other bosses besides There's the actually other bosses. In oh, Zones. that's a pain. Yeah, so you have you, know, you have to kill the Emmys as, like, you know, you have to you have basically have to eliminate all seven Emmys across this. Because when it comes to the Emmys, uh, the Emmys were actually part of the Federation, uh, the Galactic Federation, which is kind of like what Sam, you know, she's a bounty hunter. That's who she's kind of employed by, essentially. They hired her to take care of shit. Uh, they sent the Emmys to this planet to investigate, and it went radio silence because they all basically got taken under control uh, by, I guess, whatever's the, the main problem here, mother brain, whatever. It's gotcha. Gonna be. You know, obviously, I don't know that much. I'm still figuring that out. I'm still new to this. It's, I'm not as in tuned with this v- storyline of metroid I, I the metroid proms is what i know a little bit more about um yeah so yeah you mean as you're here you're basically going to take out all the emmys and then you have all the side bosses throughout the whole area and then there's uh i guess really who your main antagonist is going to be which is like the uh, chozo warrior that you meet at the beginning uh who basically beats the hell out of you he's a cool like ronin samurai looking dude and he's beats the fuck out of you some alien it's, it's just one of the alien races in the, in, in the series um, but I mean, absolutely phenomenal game though. Uh, the background, like the graphics look unbelievably beautiful. I love all the sides the, the backgrounds and everything that I've got to see so far. Cutscenes are absolutely fantastic. Definitely worth a pickup. If I had to rate it right now, I would honestly probably rate like a nine out of 10 legit. Like I'm, I'm, and that's coming from someone who's not a diehard Metroid fan who just really appreciates it from a distance, but have never really like hardcore jumped into it. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. That, that's, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Having a great time. Um, but, uh, I think that's it really. Uh, I don't, I don't have anything else right now. Like I said, I'm only about five hours in, so maybe next week I'll have some more info for you. Um, but I'm enjoying what I got so far. Looking forward to playing it here in a little bit. Sounds good. I mean, all I can think is this, uh, I always forget that Samus is apparently a bounty hunter. Yep. So it's just really weird to me that she just rolls up to a spaceship, kills all these people. No, yeah, no, she usually kills. She kills all these side bosses and then all these machines and then just leaves basically um, and then i'm just like where's your proof that you took these people out <laughs> samus how do you make money because i never see you take anything as proof 
Maybe it's just all in the helmet, man. Just recording the whole thing. And, and that that is actually my whole mission. Like, one of my main missions for this game is just getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Because, like, it gives you, like, the full, like, the full, like, global map, whatever. And you're at, like, the very bottom of these ruins. And it's just, like, Adam's just like, yo, you need to get to the top and get back to the ship. You need to get the hell out of here. Because, uh, I, I mean, because you, you do get fucked up right at the beginning. Um, but uh, that, that's a good question, though. That's a good question. Uh, I don't have anything else, though. You got anything else? No, I think I'm don't got anything for this episode. Probably next week. Because yeah, I did same, just start, same. before coming over here, I did start messing with an older game, Desperados 3. Okay. It's a real-time tactics western, which I love the introduction of the main character. Looking forward to hearing about that, then. <laughs> yeah, no, because I was playing for, the, the guy's name is Johnny Cooper. Okay. And he, he was on a train. He was just jumped to the back. Of one of the trains, he was just hitching a ride, didn't pay, and it gets attacked by a bunch of outlaws. One poor bastard just gets in the, opens up the train car he's in. He's just like, he's just like, oh, what's in here? What's in? Just a knife from off screen goes right <laughs> in his throat. And he falls out, and just Johnny walks out. I don't think you were punching tickets. Grabs his <laughs> knife, and the game takes control. Is like, yes. <laughs> One liner knife. I'm, I'm with it. Let's go. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good time. Well, looking forward to hearing more about that and back for blood. And like I said, I'll probably talk about more about dread and uh, maybe, I, I don't know if John will be here next week, but I did see John. He did start playing new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully we can get him on, on 62 and talk about new world and maybe talk about some back for blood. Cause you, I'm assuming you two will be playing cause he didn't buy like the, the big version to get it early. Right? No, I don't even think he's bought a version yet. Okay. Uh, I know he's planning to pick it up. Um, so maybe if he, he's here, he, you, you both can talk about Back for Blood, talk about New World, and I'll continue to talk about Dread. So uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here then. Uh, Zach, you got anything else before we get I'm out? I'm going to say like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help. If you like what's going on on YouTube and us actually putting out videos, you can hit that subscribe button. And if you want to know whenever anything gets posted, regardless if it's Lighthearted Gamers or any of our other podcasts we're slowly building up, uh, you can hit the notification bell. That'll let you know anytime news, clips, actual podcast goes up. Thank you. I like how you say putting up videos now because there was a long stretch, a long period of time that we there was nothing being uploaded. Yeah, we've come a long way. We have, man. We're, we're we've done a lot and we've uh, really we've really stuck to the grind. And I feel like overall we're having fun. That's the main thing, especially here as of recently, since we kind of rechanged up some priorities on how we wanted to handle the shows. Yeah. I feel like we've definitely had a lot more fun. That's what that's all that matters at the end of the day. Hopefully you also had a good time. Uh, do everything that Zach said and more. Make sure to tune in next week and check out all the other podcasts for sure. And uh, with that said, until next time, guys, have a good one. Bye. Bye.